Welcome to this week's episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites, brought to you by Bergen Community College and the Office of Student Life and Conduct. In each episode, we will introduce you to someone who can help make the most of your college experience. Welcome to a new episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. Today is March 4th, and we are being joined by the president of Bergen Community College, Eric Friedman. Welcome, President Friedman. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Welcome to the podcast, and welcome to Bergen, Dr. Friedman. Thank you for Thank joining you so us. Much. Great to be with you. All right, let's jump right in. Uh, can you tell us about your journey that has led you to being the president of Bergen Community College? Great question. Thanks. It, it was somewhat of a nonlinear journey, and that's probably important for students to know. I say that because it, it's sort of rare that someone starts out and knows all of the answers to their career questions. I'm really happy that some do and increasingly more do, but a lot don't. So I actually had an early career in restaurant and hospitality management. I started as a cook and became a chef. And those are, those are pretty, pretty incredible years. What an environment to learn a sense of urgency about things. People coming through the door, they're expecting great food, they're expecting great service. Everything needs to be in place no excuses in those environments. I I learned a lot about teamwork in those settings, how everybody's got to pull together. Everybody's really got to be working together and forget that they're, you know, themselves and just be part of this team. It's so important. Um, And the whole idea of looking through your customers' eyes, and we have students, of course, not customers, but think about what they see and When you're thinking about what they're seeing and you're fixing the things that are broken and out of place, it really makes a nice environment for people to be in. So early career in hospitality and hospitality management, but at some point I took on an evening class teaching at an associate's degree granting college and wow, that was like a fish being back in the water. I was managing a huge operation during the day as a general manager and I was bringing all my experiences to the classroom in the evening. And my dean at the time saw my incredible passion and how I engaged with students. And my path brought me to become the director of general education at the Art Institute of New York City. I always had my eye on New Jersey's community colleges. I was reading about their success stories. And I knew deep in my bones that I'd be here at some point. I taught for many years, my longest stretch being at Drew University in Madison, teaching sociology. I taught at Passaic Community College, critical thinking. Um, Sociology is where my doctorate is, but I've taught in other areas as well. Being in education for over 30 years, can you describe your approach to being an educator? Thanks. I love that question. You know, I believe in stretching students intellectually and really bringing students to a place that they wouldn't have gone on their own. That's what I mean by stretching. A great teacher stretches her students, introduces them to things that fire their imaginations, that light fires for them. I remember starting to see connections as an undergraduate between social theory and literature and artistic expression, and wow, that's when it happens. All those connections, and you just get so excited about what you're learning. Let me say one thing really clearly. Um, You know, reading has made all the difference for me in life. Fiction, nonfiction, reading, just reading widely. 
I remember reading C. Wright Mills on the sociological imagination and what it means to be an individual situated in an age, a time, with all the external influences, the individual in the larger society, and reading Durkheim's Division of Labor and Society and understanding how all parts of society work together to form a functional whole, that was enlightening for me. As a young person, I read everything from Pearl Buck to Richard Wright, Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man, and I, I learned about people that were very different from myself, people growing up with challenges that were different than mine, identifying but gaining access to completely different lived lives. I read Malamud's The Assistant, Kerouac's On the Road, Kesey's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Those works of fiction made a big difference for me. I still read voraciously. I just finished John Banville's Snow, and I'm reading Harold Bloom's final work of literary criticism. I'm a lifelong learner, and, and I really invite everybody to be the same. All right. So kind of to follow up on that same theme, um, as I'm sure you know, the Office of Student Life provides opportunities to students, you know, like leadership roles in student organizations, speakers, programs, events, and other ways for students to engage with their areas of interest, and also to explore the connections between those interests and their academics and career paths that they may be able to uh, embark on. Can you speak to issues of student engagement outside the classroom and the relation it has to retention and persistence? Really great question. Thanks. You're talking about different types of student engagement that provide this, this broad range of experiences that help students to develop and help some students to develop as leaders, helps them to thrive in different work and societal contexts. That's a great approach. You know, in the teaching arena, I've done some co-teaching in different environments. And for students to have the benefit of more than one perspective on an issue, or a challenging debate is really key. And I think that's part of what you're getting at through your, your approach as well, exposing students to you know, how things make sense through all these different experiences and different perspectives. Thinking about social justice issues, gnarly social problems, environmental challenges, legislative challenges, history, the legacy of what history brings from the past, that's in the present. I mean, this interdisciplinarity, this crossing borders, this co-curricular experiencing, that's really important. Using different lenses to see the same issue, that's key. I mean, some of our university partners that I've worked with are doing some pretty extraordinary things around this kind of thinking. The recent general ed changes at NJCU, for example, they have a completely interdisciplinary model where a student takes a course with, with a topic and, and goes through four different academic disciplines looking at the same topic, issue, or debate. What a great way to put on new lenses and really think through through different perspectives. Thank, thank you. Um, following up on, on what you've said, Dr. Freeman, changing it a little bit perhaps maybe to staff is you've mentioned throughout your time at Bergen that you do place a very high value on professional development as a path towards developing strategic leaders. Can you just tell us more about that? Feel free to expand. Absolutely. And while you were asking that question, I was remembering a time back at my, my last college, Hudson County Community College, where 
you know, people were asking me, should we should we actually sunset the Office of Faculty and Staff Development? And I remember like leaping out of my chair and saying, oh, my God, no, you have to understand how important this is. Um, it, this is such a key area and not not every organization is great about this. You know, we absolutely need strategic leaders in training. Lots of times there's lots of managers around and they're really good at what they do and they get everything on their job descriptions done. But, you know, we, we need to be thinking about fully engaged leaders and, and tier two leaders who can bring their passion and their bold ideas forward. And we need to be really supportive of that. You know, we, we have challenges. COVID has illuminated things like our enrollment challenge. We've got to think about our outreach to high schools and to business and industry to position ourselves at the center of the county in partnership with other key partners. We're at the heart of economic recovery efforts, and we have to stay in that place. That takes relationship builders, strategic thinkers, really smart folks around the table. Money spent on professional development is money very well spent. I have benefited from it immensely, and I know so have my peers, and I know you have too. And people want to know there's a path forward for them. It's so important, and professional development is the way to do it. So you have a, an experience, you go to a conference, you belong to an association, you take a new set of courses, and then you share that learning with our community. That helps us to be a learning organization and to move forward. Uh, I mentioned job descriptions. They're really important. They're blueprints. But I'm going to say this, that when I was an adjunct instructor, when I was a hospitality manager, when I was a coordinator, a director, I always went above and beyond the job description. The organizations that I worked for needed that and BCC needs that. You know, job descriptions, as Aristotle would say, are necessary, but not sufficient. So that spirit of, you know, giving it 110 percent. And I remember in, in the kitchens, you know, what's next, chef? What do you want me to do next, chef? That attitude, that spirit, that keeps us moving forward. Th thank you for that. And, and, and building off of that, one of the other things that you've talked about during your short time at Bergen is language and how it is important to you. Uh, and you have encouraged faculty and staff to explicitly use the term foundational instead of developmental when referring to our coursework. How else can our listeners lead by example in terms of reframing their language moving forward? Thank you. I, I really like that thoughtful question. Um, think about remedial, think about developmental versus foundations and foundations learning. You know, think about the meaning, the meanings of the, the terms. Words have psychological impact. You know, the words, the, the labels, the titles um, that we use for certain types of things. Let, let me give you another example. And I like to think really deeply about words. I, I take words seriously. The word culture. Culture began its life a long time ago when society was very different and was an agricultural world where people bred animals and grew wheat and cereals and all that stuff. You know, we, we shifted. Uh, over time, away from what what is mostly an agricultural world, and we have urbanization and 
urban centers. More than half of the world's population lives in urban spaces. Whatever the farmers or the breeders did to improve the strain and the wheat was it was an intervention. It was culture and humans acting on nature, on what was given, on the natural. The word got used, culture got used later to apply to humans. So think about a farmer who gave his daughter a book and helped her to learn and inspired her to learn all kinds of things. So layering culture onto what was and what is. And it was a way of improving her and, and giving her more prospects in the world. So, you know, words are important. Some of them travel forward from earlier times and they come with a context, but we use them differently. You know, drilling down into the meanings of things enlightens us, you know, and, and it's important when we speak to each other and especially with students and, and how we term the experiences that they're having and the things that we do. Um, you know, last night I was reading Bloom's essay on J Jane Austen's book, Persuasion, and he was dwelling on the word persuasion. And I love that. He, it comes from the Latin for advising or urging. And the root meaning was sweet or pleasant. So think about that next time you engage in advising with a student. It should be a pleasant and positive experience. It's encouragement. All right. Um, so as we approach the end of the podcast, um, the slogan for our office is leave your mark. So my question to you, Dr. Friedman, and, and it's sort of an interesting time to ask you this as you're just kind of starting out here. What mark do you hope to leave at Bergen Community College? So thanks. I, I've been engaged in this listening tour, you know, during my first 90 days, and I'm a little bit halfway past that. And just listening and meeting so many people taking notes. I'm doing a deep study of the institution. But I also, you know, I see the future and the future is really bright. And this is an incredible, amazing, transformative institution. So firstly, I want everyone to know us, to know about our accomplishments, to know about our programs, to know about our innovations and how we're preparing students to be successful in, in good jobs, in, in just being a citizen in the world and being engaged. This should not be a secret, you know, no secrets here. So increased visibility, increased recognition in the community as a first choice institution that over and over has transformative impact on students and families. I'm going to lead and support efforts over the years that I'm here to work with the county, to work with the Chambers of Commerce, the Workforce Development Board, the Commerce and Industry Association, our university partners, so many entities and people to really, really build up our recognition in our community and beyond, beyond the borders of our county, and to put visibility on the right things. You know, I worked at Hudson County Community College and we worked so closely with industry partners to actually co-create curriculum that our graduates, so, so our graduates had exactly what employers wanted. If I can support our efforts to do that, I will have left a deep mark and enabled Bergen County's families to move up on the happiness scale. And secondly, you know, I want to work with the team here to do bold things, you know, to reimagine our offsite locations, to serve all corners of the county with distinction 
to partner deeply with the business and industry community and to be the best in the state and one of the best in the nation in what we choose together to do. The future is really bright for us. Our public believes in us, but we need to honor that trust. So let's move forward together. Great. President Freeman, we want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us, and we look forward to meeting you on campus soon. Thank you so much. This has been really wonderful. I appreciate it. Take care. If our listeners at home have any questions about this episode or would like to make any recommendations, please contact us at studentlife@bergen.edu or our Instagram page, at BergenSLC. From Jared, Greg, and Ian, see you next week. And to all my bulldogs at home, keep on barking. And that wraps up another episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future guests, please email us at studentlife at bergen.edu. Thanks for stopping by.